think we made the right choice there. Oh, that's okay. I love it. I thought it sounded really good. I appreciate that. Well, if you've missed the rest of the series of Justified by Faith, I'm sure we'll continue to talk about these things. I mean, that's a, the core principle of Christianity. That's the core principle of accepting Christ, to be justified by faith. But if you've missed it or slept through most of it, I encourage you to listen today. Because this is where much of this comes together. Again, as I mentioned, next week we start into a new series, uh, God's New Creation. And we begin to ask, all right, how is this justification by faith played out in our lives and in the church as we go through Paul's letter to the Galatians? But today we conclude our Justified by Faith series. We have talked about Abraham and how many of us think of Abraham as a good man. Many of us think of Abraham as this larger-than-life character. Uh, we, we think of Abraham as the father, as he, the father of the Jewish nation, or maybe friend, friend of God. And yet, if you read through and use your imagination, church, this is one of the things we don't do enough when it comes to reading Scripture. Play it out in your mind. Use your imagination. We're storytellers. Human beings are storytellers. All right? And that's what Scripture is. Scripture tells a story. That's what movies are. They tell a story. We're storytellers. You know, build that story in your mind, and we begin to see that Abraham is not perfect. In fact, Abraham has a lot of problems, and yet he is considered a friend of God because of this close relationship that they have, this close trust that Abraham has uh, of God and with God, even in his trials. We looked at Moses, and we realized Moses committed quite a few sins in his life and in his day, some sins that you and I haven't even committed. And, and he even got to this place and this point in Moses' life that he wasn't allowed to see Canaan. He wasn't allowed to see this promised land that they were heading towards because of his sin, and yet he continued to trust God. You know, for 40 years, he leads an obstinate people. For 40 years, he leads a people that frustrates him. He teaches and he tries to set this example of accepting and trusting God. And so he is considered, again, a friend of God, one that God knew face to face. What an incredible title. We looked at David. I mean, even Jesus calls himself the son of David. David's a good guy. David's quite a guy in character, in Scripture. David is this, uh, this one that, that is this extension, or Jesus is this extension of David. And we even saw David commit sins of adultery and sins of murder. Yet, he trusted God. Now, none of these, none of these sins God left unpunished. None of these sins God left undisciplined. And why did God come down so hard on these men? Because he loves them. That's why. That's why. Find yourself in a fortunate position. God will not allow someone he loves to be deprived of discipline. 
And so he didn't turn a blind eye to these sins. Yet these men continued to trust Jesus. Today, we look at Peter and we look at Judas. And we ask the question, what's the difference? What's the difference? And it's not as easy a question as you might think. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this gift, gift of study, gift of scripture, this gift of seeing so many examples of trust, to see so many examples of people who don't trust you in scripture. So, Father, we ask that you help open our minds and our hearts today to understand, to see that it is Jesus and Jesus alone that saves. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Do you know what grace is? We talk about grace a lot, don't we? We talk about mercy, we talk about grace, we talk about faith, we talk about righteousness, we talk about justification, we talk about all kinds of things. But sometimes we say it so often that we forget what the actual definition is. In fact, if we're cornered and someone asks us, okay, this is it for all the marvels, what's the definition of grace? Sometimes we forget. Grace is simply this, undeserved favor. Undeserved favor. Now, some people have said that it's undeserved blessing. No, no. Blessings are given by God. These fortunate things, fortunate gifts that God gives, these blessings are given by God to many. Grace is undeserved favor. Favor is short for favorite, right? You're my favorite. You're something special. You're something unique. You're something holy. Grace is undeserved favor. And now I feel I have to say this. Grace is not deserved favor. It is undeserved favor. We are saved by the grace of God. Now, if we're going to say that that is true, then we're going to admit that it is undeserved favor by God himself. Grace is undeserved favor. And when we understand this, when we can wrap our minds around our state and our place, And this love that God extends to his people, I think we can a little bit better begin to see the difference between Peter and Judas. Peter is an apostle of Christ. He is a a founder of churches. He, He writes letters to the church. He actually constructs, right, a part of the word of God. He has seen throughout history as the, uh, the gatekeeper of heaven. Of course, I don't believe any of that, but that's, that's the way he's pictured, right, many times. Judas, Judas is almost an insult, right? You're a Judas. You're a betrayer. You're evil. You're bad. You're ugly. You're dangerous. A Judas. I've never, I've never heard anybody name their kid Judas. I, we don't have any of those, right? Judas, Jezebel, these names that conjure up evil sometimes. And Judas is what we think of when we think of evil and bad and wrong. So what's the difference really, though? 
What's the difference between Peter and Judas? There's two big differences in Scripture, but I would encourage you to read through the gospel accounts yourself. And what you're going to find is when we look at all of the bad stuff, you find, keep account, more bad stuff that Peter does than Judas. You don't read a whole lot about Judas, and you certainly don't read a whole lot about the bad things he does. You read of all kinds of bad things Peter does, all kinds of problems, all kinds of mistakes, all kinds of putting his foot in his mouth. I mean, just constantly throughout Scripture. I want to know what exactly the difference is. Well, first of all, let's look at the similarities between Peter and Judas. Judas was a disciple of Christ, and Peter was a disciple of Christ. Both of them were followers of Jesus Christ. That is, they walked with him around his earthly ministry, listening to what he was teaching, watching the miracles. Now, there were a lot of disciples of Jesus, many disciples of Jesus. At one point, Jesus sends out 70. At another point, uh, at the ascension, there's, uh, Paul talks about there being 500 people there. I mean, there's a lot of disciples, followers of Christ, people listening to his teaching, walking around with him. But Inside of that, out of all those people, Jesus chose 12 special ones, didn't he? These 12 disciples of Jesus Christ. And I, I think that's, uh, that points to the 12 tribes of Israel. But Jesus could have chosen anyone he wanted. He could have called anyone he wanted. One of the people he called was Judas to be one of these 12 disciples. And, of course, Peter was one of these 12 disciples. They were very, very close to Christ. Matthew 10, 2 through 4, of course, you've read this before. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, who's also called Peter and is also called Cephas later on. His brother, Andrew, James, the son of Zebedee. His brother, John, those are the sons of thunder. Philip and Bartholomew. Now, Bartholomew and Nathaniel are the same guy. You'll read Nathaniel and John. You'll read Bartholomew and Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot. Simon the Zealot was a disciple of Jesus Christ. If you were living in that day, you would not have anything to do with the Zealots. Zealots were dangerous. Zealots zealots were considered by many a terrorist group. And here is Simon the Zealot following Jesus. And of course, Judas Iscariot. Now, Peter would eventually end up rising to, being appointed as a shepherd of these disciples, as a shepherd of the fledgling church in Acts. Uh, He would would rise to be this kind of spokesman for the disciples, this main teacher to the people. And that's what Peter does best. He talks, right? That's what he does. And, and, and Jesus chose him for a very special position and a very special place. We kind of see this play out in the, books of, or in the book of Acts. So Peter was a disciple of Jesus Christ, one of these very close 12. So was Judas. Judas was one of these very close 12. I see no difference so far. And so we can't use that, that one was a disciple and one was not. Well, here's another similarity. Peter witnessed and participated in Jesus' ministry. Judas witnessed, listen closely now, and participated in Jesus' ministry. 
Both of these men were the boots on the ground. Both of these men went on mission trips. Both of these men were involved in the ministry of Christ. Let's put it this way. Both of these men were involved in ministries in the church. When Jesus sends out the twelve in Matthew 10, he says this. These twelve, not these eleven, not these eleven plus Judas, but all twelve of these men, Jesus sends out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. And why? Jesus cares about them. It's just not time yet. That's not the system that he has laid out. We'll get to the Gentiles and Samaritans later, says Jesus. But right now, I just want you to go to the lost sheep of Israel. Verse 7, as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Now, I think that's fair enough for Judas to participate in that. But look at what else Judas participates in with the rest of the twelve. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you've received and freely you give. Later on, all of them come back and tell Jesus how great this was and how incredible this mission trip was. We don't think of Judas participating in this stuff, do we? There he was. He was involved in that special ministry. He went on that mission trip around the world in our parlance today. He was involved in the ministries of the church. Jesus, or Judas was not on the fringe. In fact, you can't have any more evidence than Judas had that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the Messiah. And of course, Peter was there as well. If this is all I know, I see no difference between the two. I see no reason to honor one and condemn another. Well, let's look at some of their sins. Let's look at some of their mistakes. Let's look at some of their problems. And, and, and while both of them had many, Peter had a ton that, that are recorded, I just want to look at two. I want to look at the two big ones, or one apiece, okay? First of all, let's look at Judas. And, and most of us know the story of Judas. Judas is the one that led the temple guards to Jesus so that he could be arrested. The night he was betrayed by Judas, right? He led the temple guards to the Mount of Olives or to the garden there. And Jesus was arrested and he was taken before the Sanhedrin, before Pilate, before Herod, back to Pilate. I mean, this this was the beginning of the sacrifice, the crucifixion of Jesus But that's what Judas did. He led the temple guards to arrest Jesus. Matthew 26, 47 through 50. While they were still speaking, that is while Jesus was still speaking to the rest of the disciples, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests and, and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with him. Even Matthew refers to him as the betrayer. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. And of course, Jesus knew exactly what was happening. Jesus replied, do what you came for, friend. Then the men stepped forward and seized Jesus and arrested him. Judas didn't kill him. Judas didn't. Make fun of him. He didn't punch him. He didn't hurt him. Judas showed up in the garden with the temple guards and said, Hey, that's, 
That's the guy you're looking for. I don't exactly know what you want with him, what you're going to do to him, but that's the guy you're looking for. Well, maybe we found it then, right? Maybe we've stumbled across the difference between Judas and Peter. Well, maybe this is why Judas is condemned. And Peter is not. I mean, Peter surely has never done something like that. Peter's never betrayed Christ. Peter's never denied Christ. Has he? Matthew 26, 69 through 74, after Jesus was arrested, now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard. A servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said. Verse 70, but he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, said Peter. Then he went out to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Peter, you've denied even knowing Christ. (laughs) You're not going to do this again, are you? Verse 72, he denied it again. Not only this, not just denying it, but with an oath. I do not know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you are one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses, and he swore to them, Look, I don't know who he is. Boy, he seems like a stand-up guy, doesn't he? What's the kind of guy we want to be like, don't we? I, look, I've, I've done a lot of things, and I've committed a lot of sins I'm not proud of. In fact, downright embarrassed of. I've never done that. I've never done that. Do we really think there's a major difference between Judas and Peter? Do we think there's something huge between in and of themselves, what they do and how they act and how they think? I mean, on the face of it. One of them goes to the police and says, look, there's the guy you're looking for. I don't know why, but there he is. The other one flat out says, I want nothing to do with him. Is there really a big difference between Judas and Peter? Maybe there is. Maybe there is one huge difference. Because if you read on in that section where Peter denies knowing Christ, Matthew 26, 74 through 75, you read this. Peter was filled with remorse. He was filled with sadness. He was convicted. He was overcome by what he did. Again, 74, they began to call down curses. He swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Look at this. And he went outside and wept bitterly. He's cut to the heart, isn't he? This is showing remorse for this sin. I think we've got it. I think we found it. Judas betrays Christ, goes on about his day. Peter betrays Christ and shows incredible remorse. Let's see if Judas shows any remorse. Matthew 27, 1 through 5 Early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people made their plans how to have Jesus executed. 
So they bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate the governor. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priest. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. I thought we had it. I thought we saw the difference. No, Judas is filled with sorrow, filled with remorse, cut to the heart once again. And of course, they reply, what do we care? That's your responsibility. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left, and he went and hanged himself. So what happens between the two of them after this night? Peter becomes an apostle. He becomes a missionary. He becomes a founder of churches. In fact, he even calls himself that in 2 Peter 1-2 through 2, as he's writing some of these letters. Look at how he defines himself. Simon Peter, a servant an apostle of Jesus Christ to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And even this, Peter doesn't do very well. Or even this, Peter messes up. Even establishing churches, even teaching the gospel of Christ, Peter messes up so bad that Paul has to confront him and yell at him about it. Peter's always making mistakes. Even after this horrible night, Peter's making mistakes. Galatians 2, 11 through 14, Cephas, that's Peter. When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face, said Paul, because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles, but when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcised group. In other words, Peter was spreading the gospel to the Gentile believers until some other Jewish people showed up. And then Peter said, hey, I'm not going to have anything to do with these Gentile believers because my people are here. Paul says, you're doing something really wrong here, brother. I mean, even here, Peter's messing up. He's a preacher. He's an apostle. He's a pastor of the church. He's always making mistakes. And yet he becomes an apostle and a founder of the church. But Judas, Judas died. Judas killed himself. And the worst part is he went where he belongs. This is what the disciples say in Acts chapter 1, 24 through 25. Then they pray. They're trying to bring in another person into this 12 into this fold because they figure, you know what, Jesus picked 12 for a reason, so let's bring in another person into this, this special 12. And so they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you've chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belonged. I think that's a little harsh to say it that way. But what do we make of this line? You can study it and study it all you want. I have studied it at length, and it is simply this, meaning eternal separation, hell. That's what the disciples are talking about, which I find rather strange because so far we haven't seen a major difference between Judas and Peter. I mean, we're not looking at one and saying he's a good guy and the other one saying he's a bad guy. Go through yourself. Compare their lives. Compare their ministry. So what's the difference? What's the difference between Peter and Judas? For that matter, what makes you any different than anyone else? You ask yourself that question? I've asked myself that question. 
What makes me different than anyone else? What makes you different from Judas? Huh? I mean, we're arguing that Peter is no better than Judas. Yet most of us would say that Peter's a better guy than we are. Peter's no better than Judas. What makes you any different? What makes you different than the bad lady down the street or some wicked man on the other side of the world? What's the difference between you and others that you might be tempted to look down upon, right? We get trapped into that. It's those churchgoers, those Christians, and then those people over there. We have that temptation go through our heads. At least I'm not like those people over there. Boy, we're often like that Pharisee, aren't we? Praying before the temple. Thank you, God, I'm not like this tax collector. What makes you any different? Hmm? What makes me any different from those people over there? What's the difference between someone like Bristol and, and, and Gracie later on? And others. Is it your good life? Is it your good life? Church, if what it takes is for me to beg, I will beg. Don't think that you are saved because of your good life. If you think somebody's going to be saved because they're a decent person, if you think somebody's going to be saved because they're nice, if you think somebody's going to be saved because they lived a good life, church, that is a message from hell. It is condemnation for you and those you love. You are not saved because you live a good life. Because I guarantee you, there's people in this church who have lived a much better life than me, and I've lived a much better life than some of you. You are not saved by being a nice person. You're not saved by being sweet. You're not saved by being lovely. You're not saved by being a good person. You're not saved by sitting your backsides in these chairs. Nobody is saved by being a good person. It should be pretty evident when it comes down to good and bad. There's not a whole lot of difference between Peter and Judas. Peter we revere and Judas we condemn. We could go on. What's the difference between Abram and others of his day? What's the difference between Moses and Pharaoh? What's the difference between David and Saul? What's the difference between Cain and Abel, Jacob and Esau, Lot and the rest of Sodom and Gomorrah? What's the difference between Rahab the prostitute and the rest of Jericho? Look at the kings. What's the difference between Solomon and Ahab? They both screwed up plenty of times. Look at the Pharisees of Jesus' day. What's the difference between Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea and the rest of the Sanhedrin? What about destruction? What's the difference between Paul and Pilate? Is there any? What's the difference between Peter and Judas? Well, some may say theft. Some are tempted to say theft. Judas was a thief. Judas stole, and so Judas is condemned. John 12, 4 through 6. One of the disciples, that is Judas Iscariot, who was later going to betray Jesus, objected when they were trying to give some... Uh, 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 Jesus was accepting this, this anointing. Uh, of a woman. He says, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It's worth a year's wages. He didn't say this because he cared about the poor. He said it because he was a thief. As a keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Theft, church, is certainly a sin. But are we going to suggest that that sin is not forgivable? <laughs> are we going to, for one moment, suggest that that's the one sin that Jesus doesn't have power over? 
theft, stealing something? After all, last week, didn't we see David steal greater things than money? Lives, homes, families, spouses. Jesus knew Judas was stealing, but Jesus kept him around. Look at the patience that Jesus showed Judas. Jesus forgives. He died to forgive sin. Jesus has the power to forgive sin. I think most of us believe that. Many of us in this room believe that. What some of us have a hard time believing is that Jesus also has the desire to forgive sin. Not just the power, he has the desire to forgive your sin and justify your life. All sin, all sin except one. And Jesus is very clear. There's one sin that he won't forgive. There's one sin that he cannot forgive. And that is denying who he is. That is to blaspheme the spirit, Matthew 12, 31. And so I tell you, every kind of sin and slander can be forgiven, but the blasphemy against the spirit will not be forgiven. That is essentially attributing the work of God to Satan. Jesus says, at that point, my hands are tied. (laughs) You're denying who I am. You're denying what I am. I can't save you at that point. All other sins will be forgiven, says Jesus. Maybe it's the fact that Satan entered Judas. It's got to be this, right? Satan entered Judas. It says so in Scripture. Maybe that's why he's condemned. Maybe that's the difference between Judas and Peter. Satan entered Judas. When Jesus was back in Jerusalem just prior to the Passover and the Last Supper, just, just, just prior to this time, Judas spent that time conspiring to hand Judas over. He did, and it's in my notes, I guarantee you. Ah, here we go. Luke 22, 3 through 4. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve. I don't know how, how cut and dry this has to be for you. Satan entered the heart of Judas. And Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. This may be a tempting answer to tell us the difference between Peter and Judas, why Peter is saved and Judas is condemned. But wasn't it Peter Jesus was talking with when he said, get behind me, Satan? Later in his ministry, he began teaching his disciples specifically that he was going to be handed over and that he was going to be killed. Matthew 16, 22 through 23, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. So now we have Peter yelling at Jesus. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You don't have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Even here, I see no difference. I see no difference between Judas and Peter, Satan, the evil one working through them. We're getting down to the end of it here. What's what's left? What's left? Well, some of us, we we may hang our hat on Judas killing himself. That's what we may say. We may say, well, there's the difference. There's the difference that separates Judas and Peter, good and bad. Matthew 27, 5, so Judas threw the money into the temple, then he went away and he hanged himself. I would submit to you that you are partially correct, and I want you to be patient with the explanation. Because if that's what you've chosen, you are partially correct. You are not fully correct. Suicide is a sin. It is murder. Okay, it doesn't matter who you murder. It's murder. But I see no evidence in Scripture that this is the one sin Jesus didn't die for. 
I see no evidence in Scripture that this is the one sin Jesus doesn't have power over. We've already seen that there's one sin by his own words, his own mouth, that he won't forgive, and that's to deny who he is, to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. You ever done something out of fear that you wish you wouldn't have? Did Peter do something out of fear he wishes he wouldn't have? So what's the difference? We'll get to why that's a partial answer here in just a minute. I think you know, if you've seen, if you've listened to the rest of this series, you know the difference. Peter believed Jesus. That's the difference. Peter believed Jesus. Judas didn't. That's the difference. That's why we revere Peter and why we condemn Judas. It doesn't have anything to do with the sin. Although, sin's not good, don't get me wrong. It has to do with what they believe. Peter trusted Jesus. That is, he knew with all that he was that Jesus was the Messiah. He didn't know everything there was to know about Jesus. I don't know everything there is to know about Jesus. He had a moment of sinning in his fear. That's what, that's what Peter did. He was scared to death, and so he sinned. Yet, he was also a little confused at the resurrection, just like everyone else. But it was Peter that Jesus confronted and asked him point blank, Matthew 16, 13 through 17. We're going to hear these words just a little bit later on today. When Jesus came to the re region of Caesarea Philippi, we're not actually going to hear these words, but some of these words. He asked the disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he looks at Peter, he says, what about you? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you're the Messiah. Plain and simple. You're the one that saves mankind. You're the son of the living God. Look what Jesus says. He says, bless you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this is not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. This is the Holy Spirit opening the eyes and convicting the heart, helping Peter to realize truth, and Peter listening to it and responding. And this confession by Peter becomes his profession. It consumes him. Look, he's got another job to make money. He's a fisherman, all right? It's fair enough. But this confession is now his profession. Now it's his definition. Peter believed in who Jesus is, who Jesus was, and he accepted it. Judas, it appears, did not. Judas knew that Jesus was an innocent man. Yet Judas had no intention and had not at this point given his life, his mind, his heart to the lordship of Christ. You see, Judas had yet to realize that this was a spiritual awakening, not merely a physical change in station. That's what he was looking forward to. And you may wonder the same thing. Maybe you find yourself wrestling with this same belief. Do I believe or don't I? Am I justified or am I not? And church, if you think you can't be justified today, you have missed the point completely over the past few weeks. If you think you can't accept Jesus Christ right now as you are, you have missed the point over three or four how many weeks it's been. You come in, you sit, you listen, and it goes in one ear, out the other, over your head, however you want to say it. You can accept the truth of Christ and be justified for all eternity today. If you think you got to wait until tomorrow, if you think you got to wait until next week or a year from now so that you can clean your life up first, 
You have missed the point of Scripture. You are justified by your faith in Jesus Christ. I understand this is a bigger question than we might think. Judas lived with Christ. He participated in the ministry, and he participated in the miracles. Church, don't miss this. In our parlance today, Judas was a churchgoer, and he was a faithful churchgoer, right? A consistent churchgoer. But he was not justified by Jesus Christ. On his own, he's not any worse than Peter. Their day-to-day lives, their record of sin in Scripture, Judas was in fact better than most. So do I have the saving grace of Jesus? Can I be set apart as holy? Am I justified? I'm justified, church. And most of you, what's fascinating about this is most of you know me. Most of you have seen me grow up. And most of you think of a righteous man, I'm probably the last on your list. I'm justified by Christ. Doesn't have anything to do with what I did. Doesn't have anything to do with the good and the bad, the ugly. It has to do with the fact that I believe in Jesus. Do I believe that he's the son of the living God? Yes, I do. I love Ananias' response to Paul as he is, you know, trying to teach Paul a little bit about Jesus. Finally, Ananias says, Paul, what are you waiting for? Get up. Get baptized. Wash your sins away. Peter believed Jesus. Judas didn't. That kind of leads us to our second one. We'll close with this. Second difference is this. Peter didn't give up. Peter denies knowing Christ, leaves the the courtyard, goes outside of the city, weeps bitterly. The angels say, go tell the disciples and Peter. He's not even counted as one of their number anymore. And Peter doesn't quit. David didn't quit. Moses didn't quit. Abraham, year after year after year with no sign of Isaac, didn't quit. Peter didn't stop. He turned around and he went back to Jesus. He tried to hang around. It was him and John that ran to the empty tomb. He's spending time with Christ. He knows the forgiveness of Christ. He didn't quit. He didn't walk out. He didn't look at himself and say, I screwed up too bad. Peter didn't quit. Judas quit. That's it. Judas quit. He ended his life. He eliminated this chance to see the resurrection, to grow with Christ, to be forgiven, to welcome back. Listen to this, listen to this. What if Judas would have waited three more days? Don't quit. Don't quit. You want to know the difference between all these men? Just walking in faith, none of them stopped because they were defined by who Jesus is. I get attacked. You get attacked. We call you every evil thing there is. Don't quit. Don't quit. Why Peter? Why me? Why you? Why these people up here? For it's by grace you have been saved. 
in this, not from yourselves. It's a gift from God, not by works, so that no man can boast. For we are God's handiwork. We are created in Christ Jesus to do good works. For those things God prepared in advance, these wonderful things for us to do. That's what you inherit. If you want to inherit something, that's what you inherit. Don't quit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the love of Christ. We thank you that we are justified, that we are made righteous by through by, by who Jesus is. And Father, we do ask that if we are wrestling right now with whether or not we want to give our lives over completely to Jesus, that you will convict our hearts, that you will open our eyes, our mind in all of our issues and problems just like Peter that we will believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and we will accept this incredible, undeserved favor that you give to every person who would accept the truth of Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Please stand and sing.
our lives, just as we go about our work and our, 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 our family time, our play time, whatever it is, that we will know that we are saved, that we will know that we are justified if and only if we have accepted who Jesus is, what Jesus is, and he has become a part of our lives. Father, help us to define ourselves by the beauty and perfection of Christ and not by 